Hello there, Beelzebuds, and welcome back to another episode of The Devil's Cut, a podcast about all the things that go bump in the night. If it's spooky, scary, or spine tingling, we're here to talk about it. I'm your resident man-boy possessed by a devil, Matt Young, and here with me, as always, is the skeleton everyone should want in their closet. Eric Rossi. Ah, Eric. Love is in the air. Do you feel it? I do. Oh, the hearts are floating around, the little (laughs) cupids are flying, shooting people with their arrows. (laughs) The hearts are floating just around. Just floating all over. Just just everywhere I see people just hovering just like a half inch above the ground. And just <laughs> hearts just pouring out of them. Back riddled with Cupid's arrow. <laughs> their eyes are bulging out of their heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. The cherubs. They're rebelling. <laughs> oh god. They're regular arrows now. <laughs> I'm still in love, but ouch! <laughs> Puncture. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> All right, yeah, so it's officially, um, well, when this comes out, this episode comes out, it'll be February. Uh, uh, it'll be deep in February. The most it'll be rom- halfway through February. The most romantic month of the year. Home of St. Valentine. Um, my mom's birthday happy birthday a, de- a divisive holiday it o- it o- there's it always you know it can be the wor- the best time of the year for some and the worst time of the year true true <laughs> i've had some bad valentine's days before it o- you know what it it tends to sting when you don't have someone to share with uh and also uh if you are impaled with a pickaxe that tends to sting as well yeah 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 uh <laughs> yep a pickaxe will definitely put a damper on your holiday about as big a damper as you can get uh today we are talking of course hard to have a show that covers horror movies and valentine's day rolls around you don't at least one time cover my bloody valentine deserves (laughs) all its praise and all of its and all of its hate hate both both (laughs) versions kind of like uh the yin and yang of, of, of one another. They really are. I, I think of them now after after seeing them... Mostly back to back. Back to back. And I, I, I've seen them both a few times. Uh, they are the perfect encapsulation of what <clears throat> Valentine's Day is like. Imagine <laughs> that the movie is a couple where one of them is like, yes, Valentine's Day... I fucking brought my A game. I got a good gift. I set up a good date, executed it perfectly. <laughs> and then the other person was like, well, I knew you were going to handle it. So I just kind of got flowers. I'm along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. The second, the, the second, uh, or the remake of my bloody Valentine is sort of like, um, like a guy who forgot about Valentine's day and then went out at the last second to buy a gift at the gas station. Yeah. And the, the gift they bought it, they they front load it with this reminded me of you but then it's like a thing that like reminded them of their ex-girlfriend actually and they just totally you know beefed it it's it's that's it's kind of like a comedy of errors this the the remake yes (laughs) yes indeed uh but yeah so my bloody valentine 
most people have to have heard of this. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, you're into horror, or even if you're like tangentially aware of horror. I mean, it's it's got a pretty iconic, like striking villain. It's a guy in a coal miner suit with gas mask and a headlamp, wielding a pickaxe. It's pretty like y- you remember it. I mean, yeah. It, it, even if you've never seen the movie, you've definitely like seen this guy. Yeah. And I mean, th- there's a band name after him. It's true. And they did actually, My Bloody Valentine, they're a British band, right? Yeah. And they actually did name themselves after the, I saw that, but I was like, I, 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 I maybe I'll go back and verify this, <laughs> but I wasn't too sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we have a band named after, I mean, and also just like a million, I don't think any of the songs are like written about the movie, but there are a lot of songs titled My Bloody Valentine. I think a more important musical uh, influence would be, uh, like, My Chemical Romance. I know Gerard Way is, like, in love with this movie. <clears throat> the original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. You know, the so the original, uh, the 1981 version, is also Quentin Tarantino's favorite horror movie. Really? He's gone on record stating it's his favorite. Huh. Which you know, I get it, but also there's no feet in this. There's movie. like no feet at all. It's like the opposite. There, there are people are most more clothed than usual. Yeah, toeless. To be <laughs> honest, we get one. Do we? We don't get any. There's no boobies in this movie. The original one. There, there is a uh, bra. no. There's boobies in the beginning. No, it's, that's over a bra. We don't actually oh. see the. Um, oh, you're right. The the boobies. So it's a very. T- it's a tasteful. Uh. Well, you know what? This movie did struggle a lot with censorship, so, like, I think adding nudity to the mix would have just pushed it over the edge of complication, yeah. you know, and prefer production. So, you know, but overall, it is it is it is very mild. So for it to be, like, Quentin Tarantino's favorite, you know, you know it has to be firing on cylinders besides, you know, and for <laughs> the nudity. And for a slasher of its time, it's, like... I'd say tastefully horny. It's not like overtly horny I think in the way a- some of the other slashers of its day are. I think it's like, it's very, it's very tastefully done. I think it's romantically horny. Yeah, I think it's actually yeah, really romantically good. horny. I think it's a good Valentine's Day movie. They don't play up the, the sexuality, you know, just for the shit, you know, yeah. the shits and giggles. It's just like, <laughs> they, they, this movie, the, the nice thing about this one is it just has like, it feels like it's filmed with purpose and written with purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, the remake a lot less so. It fe- the remake feels very like, oh well, we hit the references to the old one, uh, so we just ship it. Like, who cares if yeah. any of this makes sense? <laughs> Filmed with purpose might be a little bit of an understatement. Uh, so <laughs> this uh this movie is one of the final uh Canadian tax shelter films. Are you familiar at all with this this concept, um, this this era of filmmaking? Not like the movies that you're probably thinking of specifically. I just the concept, the idea of it, like I'm aware of, you know. So I kind of get what you might be getting into here, but mm-hmm. like I don't know actually any of the history behind this specific set of circumstances. Okay, so the tax shelter films were uh, films that were made in Canada. Between 1975 and 1982, this one coming out 81, so it was like one of the last ones to really get in there. Um, the federal government allowed investors to du- deduct a hundred percent of their investment in any Canadian feature film uh, from their taxable income. Damn. Yeah. 
So they were trying to lure some, some, you know, some work away from Hollywood. And they were like, <laughs> just come up here to Canada. The Canadians will fit foot the bill. The, uh, the allowance uh, created a tax shelter for investors, enabling them to deduct uh, 100% of their investments certified as Canadian. Hmm. So they would defer their taxes until profits were earned. And to be eligible, the films had to have at least 75 minutes long uh, and have a producer and two-thirds of creative personnel had to be Canadian. So they were like, we want to bring work to Canada. We want to put these people in movies and behind the camera. We want to put paychecks in hands. (laughs) Um see uh as a result there was a major boom in the volume of canadian uh features uh it rocketed from three features and a total budget expenditure of 1.6 million in 1974 to a 66 feature film and total budget expenditure of 172 million dollars in 1979 that's a lot of maple syrup yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of chocolate hearts (laughs) um but some of these you know some of these movies were not so good but yeah do you have like a list of like what some of the biggest ones from this um i would say i have some of the most memorable most most notable so we have prom night which was another horror slasher starring uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Black Christmas, the original one. Oh, that was one of those. Not. Yeah. Okay. Terror Train, another Jamie Lee Curtis joint. I almost asked, do they have Christmas in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> they have Boxing Day, right? Is that the Thanksgiving one? Yes, they have Christmas in yeah. Canada. Um, Scanner. Scanners, if you've seen Scanners. Oh, okay. Uh, wow, really? Yeah, The Changeling. I would have sworn that was like a straight from Hollywood. Yeah, movie. right? That's crazy. Uh, meatballs and uh, Porkies. <laughs> if, if I've not seen Meatballs, I will. You don't <laughs> need to watch Meatballs <laughs> I or have seen porkies. porkies. Porkies is great. Porkies is... That's a good problematic old Boys Will Be Boys movie. 300% canceled movie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they uh, they wanted to bring the work to Canada, and it fucking worked, man. These people went in there, and they spent a, uh, I think it was somewhere around three million to make this, and they made back like five. Yeah, it was actually so. This movie was actually considered a flop by the studio, regardless of I guess the tax benefits. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it unfortunately didn't perform very well, which is. I'm going to assume why we don't have, you know, My Sad Bloody Valentine them. Part 9, you know, the minor back from hell, you know, <laughs> like, I, I'm, that's probably why, because it was a deemed a failure. Um, I actually have, there's a funny uh, little anecdote I read about, uh, so apparently there, uh, this came from an interview with TerrorTrap.com, I'm not very familiar with the website, I don't know if it's still active, but... Um, apparently, so director George Mahalka said that the shooting location, um, which was filmed in Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. it was chosen because of its rustic atmosphere and appearance. But when they decided to film there, the locals, when they, they found out that a movie was coming to their town, they spent 50, the, the, the government of the town spent $50,000 to have the mine painted and cleaned. Which 
What? Which completely ruined the atmosphere that they that they yeah decided to come film there for. So, but they had already they were already there, so they had to spend <laughs> seven. So the filmmakers had to spend seventy five thousand dollars of the of the budget to re dirty up the coal mine. <laughs> What an insane thing to do! It's like, oh fuck, they're gonna see our coal mine. They're gonna see the coal mine. That's like such a fucking. Make sure the coal mine's clean. That's an. That's like such a mom thing to do. It's like, oh fuck, their company's coming. The entire world's gonna see our mine. Make sure our fucking mine has been scrubbed clean. Yeah, like your parents have you like clean your closet before because company's coming. Yeah, and you're like, who's, who's going fucking, to my closet? Who's coming in here to look at this? And also, it's a closet. Everyone expects it to be full of shit. <laughs> I was like, that's absolutely insane. Does that not money to clean your coal mine so it looks presentable? It's a coal mine. We I'll know tell you what, what though, like. for a coal mine that and they got were already there. Yeah, they, they already scouted it. For a coal mine to have been gussied up and then reshittied up, it looks amazing. The yeah. the locations, well, that's perfect. What, that's what seventy five thousand dollars a soot will do. <laughs> <laughs> It'll dirty it up real fast. You just gotta <laughs> spend the money. Man, imagine it cost more to dirty the place than it did to clean the place. That's yeah, crazy, nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was like uh, absolutely wild. Uh, but uh, you want it? So we're gonna cover the first movie, the original, the nineteen eighty one version. Yep. Then we're gonna talk about the remake because in two thousand nine. There was a remake. Apparently, there was a the original writer of the of the first movie in two thousand one actually like was shipping around a or shopping around a script that was like a direct sequel to his to the original. Uh, but because of the like low performing numbers uh, of the original, it was just passed up. What a shame. Um, because I think so. Paramount originally owned the um the license and i forget what company i think it was like lionsgate ended up uh getting the, the that sounds about right rights for um like the the straight to the video rights mm-hmm. which is actually interesting so like the um we had talked about it a, a little bit we touched on it earlier so this movie had the original 1981 version of uh, my bloody valentine had like a really hard time dealing with the uh, the MPAA. Yeah, they got like hit with like they were just like struggling to be able to release the movie because it was deemed like way too violent. So by the end of everything, they ended up cutting like nine minutes of kill scene footage yeah. from the movie. Um, and apparently, Paramount claims that it just didn't exist anymore. They yeah, were they're like, like can't, they were like, can't no, do it. we it's can't. Gone. It, it, that footage is gone. It's boop, can't do it. But then the second Lionsgate got the the rights, they were like, oh, hey, we found the footage that you said didn't exist. So here's like, so they re-released like a a director's cut or special edition that had like two and a half, three three minutes added in. Yeah. And it's actually really notable because like the movie is like high def, but then they like couldn't touch up the footage they added back in so it goes from like high def to like super fuzzy like uh like poorly edited i love the way it looks too it does, it's like so it adds such like a grindhouse a gritty, like edge yeah. because it cuts from that like super clear they picture the to like hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it, it cuts to like such like a uh, almost like washed out over uh like, it's like saturated a raw, a rawness it's, to it yeah it, and it makes the gore and the kills look so good i was glad that like we were able to watch that version of it like it's yeah. available everywhere now like, yeah it's pretty easy to find but it is the one so the 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 one with the additional footage added back in is the one we watched which i would say i i haven't watched the original version at least i probably back in the day when i first saw it saw the original one but i can't imagine losing because it's already so brief the like gore scenes we get and they're so good. Like I would hate to watch a version where like any of it is removed because yeah. it's like so sparing anyway. And it's it's beautiful. It's some of the best. Like even to this day, it's some of the best like gore effects, like practical effects Fantastic that I've seen. Practical. Effects. It holds up like one to one perfectly. Yeah, and, the, and not even just the, the 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 effects and the makeup for for the the horror treatment, but just like the overall cinematography in this movie, the lighting. All of it is just like the the, the shot framework. It, it all looks gorgeous. It's like look, it's it's very competent. Yeah, it's it's an extremely like artistically technical movie. Yeah. It, it's 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 wild. Yeah, honestly, I, it's more pleasing to look at than like a lot of the other classic horror movies that we know and love that 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 were like instantly classics. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this one wasn't. I really don't know. I have I have a pretty good comparison, uh, like for the two of them. So let's let's hit a, a quick recap of what the first one is, and then we can really start to dice it up. Do you want me to go over my little? Uh... Yeah. Hey. All right. So again, this so you know we're this movie is <laughs> the first one is how many years old? Like fucking fifty years old now uh, at this it's point. Eighty one. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and the other one, the, and then the remake came out in two thousand nine. So still like twenty years ago almost. So if you haven't seen it, sorry. It, <laughs> but but the plot's not that complicated anyway. We are getting into spoilers right if away. If you haven't seen the first one, do yourself a favor. Make a bowl of popcorn, sit down your valentine, let them know you're going to watch a romantic <laughs> holiday yeah, theme. Ho- hol- it's, a, it's a Valentine's Day movie. You just leave the horror part right out. It's a romantic... Nothing weird about it. It's just it's thriller. a love story. It's romantic a- thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so this did this was one of the um, m- many movies at the time that were trying to capitalize on the the holiday slasher. We had Black Christmas, we've had Halloween. Mm-hmm. There was a Friday the Thirteenth, even though that's not really a holiday, but it's close. It's like yeah. holiday adjacent holiday for us. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna I'm gonna go into a quick overview of the plot. Um, so. My Bloody Valentine. So we open up on what seems like the start of a coal miner porn, um, but we're quickly <laughs> reminded what genre we're watching because one sexy lady miner, coal miner, not 16-year-old, uh, is <laughs> killed by her bemasked lover uh, by being impaled on the pointy end of a pickaxe. Cut to a mine where middle management uh, decides to leave early for Valentine's Day party. Uh, they forget to cha- check the methane levels before they leave, which seems like the wrong corner to cut. Yeah, <laughs> if that's you're gonna like, cut one coal mining corner. Maybe not, not that one. one. <laughs> not that one. Uh, this then leads to an explosion that traps five miners in the tunnels for days. Uh, rescue arrives just in time to find one survivor, Harry Warden, who has gone crazy from how delicious his co-workers tasted. Uh, <laughs> a year later, Harry gets festive by 
killing the two supervisors responsible for his no good, very bad day, cutting out their hearts, and putting them in Valentine's Day candy boxes. Uh, Attaches also a note telling the town to stop celebrating Valentine's Day or Harry will return each year to kill again. He is then immediately captured by the police. (laughs) Um, 20 years later, the town is once again celebrating Valentine's Day uh, after a 20-year moratorium on Valentine's Day, (laughs) just in case. Even though Harry Warden was captured, Valentine's Day, 20-year break, now we're back on. (laughs) Uh, a group of young men, uh, yes, then these are also coal miners, and their girlfriends are, like, absurdly excited for a big dance. Almost uncomfortably excited for a dance for, like, 20-something-year-olds. Well, it's the first time they're <laughs> celebrating in, in it's been like the, It's been like the Footloose Town, essentially. Yeah. You know, the, the, no dancing. No. <laughs> Not on Valentine's Day. Um, uh, the... So they're like the all the kids in town, you know, are really excited for this dance uh, and for Valentine's Day. Double so for Mabel and uh, Mayor Hanniger. Old Lady Mabel, who owns the uh, the laundromat, is so excited for Valentine's Day. It, I mean, I, <laughs> I know it's been twenty years since she got to celebrate, but it, it, it the people in this movie, the, this is. They are so obsessed with the with having to celebrate Valentine's Day. It's like they've been edging for twenty years, right? <laughs> like, they, like they just can't contain it anymore. This she just it. loves love. <laughs> she wants to get that sheriff wiener. But yeah, seriously, Mabel likes his holiday way too much. Uh, our heroes are Sarah, her new boyfriend, uh, big dumb blonde Axel, and her ex boyfriend TJ who is just returning home after after ghosting Sarah, uh, but failing to find any success out west. He's now come home with his tail between his legs. Um, but really the true hero, the true hero of the movie is Hollis, the big lovable foreman who goes out way too soon. Oh my He's God, the true Hollis. Hero of- Hollis is... Pour ho- one out for Hollis. Hollis is who I, I hope to grow up to be, <laughs> even though I'm already if, 10 if, years older than that character. If, if, you, <laughs> if you just suddenly, like, plumped up to like three times like your width like, i'm almost be, there you, i got you, the mustache you could be hollis i got the glasses um meanwhile mayor hanniger and police chief newbie uh begin receiving valentines with human hearts inside that night jolly little laundromat owner mabel meets her secret admirer a gas masked <laughs> a gas masked pickaxe main who kills her and ignores the maximum load sticker leaving mabel on tumble dry until mayor <laughs> <laughs> until mayor and newbie find her Overstarched corpse. Uh, they decide to cancel all things Valentine's Day as they try to solve the murders. That doesn't stop the youngsters, though, who, despite the warnings from multiple old people in town, uh, decide that there's enough of a difference between a dance and a party uh, that they throw a Valentine's Day party in the mine, you know, where the killer's origin story started. <laughs> Perfect location. Uh, from here, Harry Warden goes pickaxe and axes old man happy, boils Dave in hot dog-flavored water, turns Sylvia into a water installation, makes sure Hollis gets nailed one last time, hangs <laughs> Howard, checks to see if Patty has the guts, and turns Mike and Harriet into a lover kebab, and generally makes sure the whole <laughs> cast does its best to mimic a Scooby-Doo chase sequence. <laughs> Nail on the head. Literally. <laughs> Uh, the police chief is told uh, what's happening at the Hanniger mine uh, because a decent chunk of the people in this movie that are 
would normally be fodder for the serial killer just get to leave and survive the movie, which is like unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> Spare. They just go, oh, we're smart and getting out of here. <laughs> Everybody else is stuck in a mine. Um, so yeah, they, uh, the police chief is told what's happening at the Hanager mine and calls in for backup, uh, as he races to rescue Sarah, Axel, and TJ, who, despite their love triangle doing a fair job at surviving, that is until Axel falls into an insanely deep pool of water and drowns off screen. Uh, TJ and Sarah have their final confrontation with the killer, uh, killer miner, engaging in a pickaxe on shovel sword fight on top of a moving mine cart. Uh, Way better than Anakin versus Obi Wan on uh, oh yeah <laughs> on the mining plan. There is no high ground in the mine. <laughs> no, no, everyone is at the lowest ground possible. Um, <clears throat> uh, during the scuffle, Sarah unmasks the miner, who turns out isn't Harry Warden, <laughs> but in a live and undrowned Axel. Turns out, twenty years ago, Harry killed his father, uh, and. Uh, Harry killed his father, one of the criminally negligent supervisors, and that sight, I guess, drove Axel crazy or gave him a split personality? Uh, It definitely Uh, drove him fucking uh, crazy. We don't get much time to explore that because uh, the mine then collapses on top of Axel, and when help arrives way too late, uh, they begin digging him out, and when they uncover only his arm, Sarah takes takes one last chance, like, to hold hands she's like forgets that he just tried to kill her i have to see i have to see him uh yeah she tries to hold hands one last time with her bloody valentine but on the other side of the rocks axel finishes hacking off his arm and cackles like a cartoon character as he escapes deeper into the mine forever cementing the legend of harry warden even though it's not him he's like <laughs> the movie <laughs> and then the movie fades out to like a super catchy song called the ballad of harry warden yeah and it rips <laughs> So that's that's the overview of of the original 1981 movie. So we've got a love triangle uh, that is really well written, actually. I would say, yeah, um, it it fe- it feels like natural, like a thing that would actually happen. You know, this one one guy TJ sort of like leaves to just make a better life, but doesn't do very well and comes back. By that time. You know, his ex-girlfriend that he ghosted, Sarah, has moved on. Because, like, what else do you do? She's stuck in the town. Yeah. She's stuck in a mining town. There's not, like, a whole lot of options. Yeah, even when you leave, they pull you back in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so there's this really good tension, I think, between, like, the two main characters. So you have TJ, you have Axel. um, the, the, The light and the dark, like, they're literally, like, one's got jet black hair, one's got blonde hair, blue eyes... And they're just constantly, like, you know, bouncing off each other, trying to impress Sarah, who is is our final girl, but, like, I'm not that happy with her behavior, you know, oh, when dear. it comes to the two. two it just it feels like she was she just kind of goes to whoever's, like, paying attention to her at the moment. I don't think she, she likes either gets, of them particularly She literally well. gets kidnapped by TJ. Like, she's coming out of work, and he, like pulls up in his car and was running her over like and then like it's like when you abduct your friend for like his bachelor party you know you put the bag over his <laughs> basically what he does to her and then she's barely mad at him and then he just takes her to the beach and she just kisses him there because he's like remember when we used to date and she's like i guess that's all i need to remember but it's the most canadian part of the dialogue in this movie because he's I'm so sorry he hits I'm that so sorry, sorry so fucking hard 
He, oh my god. He does apologize, uh, but it's like, it was such a, what a betrayal to he, just ghost your long-term, like, girlfriend and just leave town. Like, not even just, like, stop talking to her and then she just eventually goes like, well, he hasn't texted me in, like, two weeks. I guess we're done. You know, he, like, straight up to, like, he could be dead. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't, you don't let, like, that's so rude. <laughs> you gotta at least tell, tell her where you're going. Uh, but, like, you know, so whatever, she takes him back but then also like doesn't say anything like then they then go to a party where all of the 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 town's minors like and their girlfriends all hang out and like axel's there who she's actually dating but she's like already decided she's back together with tj and it's like sarah you 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 have to have these conversations before you make any final decisions i I like uh i just i just like Honestly, all of the people are written in a way that, like, I just don't think you'd really get to see in other movies of this time, especially in this genre. Like, everyone is so, like, charming, but not hokey. They're, like, very towny, but believable, and they just have, like, a very believable, like, charisma about all of their, like, friendships. Like, there's so much camaraderie between, like, all of the, like young adult minors and all of their girlfriends are pretty much like on board with whatever's going on they're all just like (laughs) they go to work they have very homoerotic showers together and then they go and they fucking party it's like the shower scene from (laughs) aliens you know they're so i you know this is the one thing that movies always do the like dude shout group shower like thing when you have like a bunch of teammates or soldiers or like i guess coal miners you know it's just and it's like no one i listen i went to high school i had to go like in showers with other dudes and hang out like half naked or fully naked in the like changing room nobody behaves like this in these movies like like, you weren't on a team let me tell you (laughs) swim team they behave like this i guess uh, i guess if you're if it's not just like you're your gym period mates, you know, if no. you're an actual like team, maybe. No, it's it's the people you. But your coworkers, with. though, like it, it, teammates, is different than like guy. Like, you have to be, you choose to be on a team with people. Like these guys have to work in the coal mine. There's no option. Well, I got news. They have to take a shower when they're done too. So everybody's <laughs> to, gonna be they there. They don't have to be happy about it though. Not as jolly. <laughs> but no, you're right though. There is a. It is. They're not hokey. Even though they are very goofy, and sometimes they the some of the lines and stuff are not like as natural as others, but it never comes across as cheesy. You still feel all of the like you can tell that all the actors are having a good time with each other. Mm-hmm. It just feels believable. It feels warm. It's a very warm movie. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like I feel like when you watch you know Friday the Thirteenth or like some of the other like slashers of this time a lot of the people just feel like victims they don't feel like a fully fleshed out person the way a lot of these people do like just on their like interactions and the way that they like move about the town and kind of like function as like a group yeah it it like embeds so much like history and personality between all of these people in a way that you don't get in some of the other like uh, like horror groupings, yeah, the, the, the uh, early early slashers, like that yeah, kid. yeah, exactly. They're they're a lot of time characters end up feeling like, you said, like victims or just fodder. Kills. They're just fodder. fodder. But yeah, you you really do. There's a you form a connection with them because like you know, it's a slow build up to the to the 
big, you know, payoff of the, the pickaxe murders and the, the mine fight and all that stuff. Um, and you just get to spend a lot of time just, like, hanging out with, with good old Hollis. And even, like, you get a, like, even though they're they're in a love triangle death match with each other, there's, like, a cute little, like, bro time harmonica jam. That yeah, they, they do dueling harmonicas in the junkyard while they're cooking sausages, sausages on, a on a V8. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, you just feel like, like I said, it's, it's a very warm feeling movie. When you get the big group scenes, like, when they're at the party, you just feel like you're there. It The, the camera is just placed in a way that you... You know, you just feel like you're part of the, of the event, group, you know? yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so it's you, yeah. You do end up caring uh, for a lot of the characters, and, and it does feel extra gruesome when they die. And again, even though like I made fun of Mabel, you know, for for being like too enthusiastic about Valentine's Day. Also, the name of the town is Valentine Bluffs, so they went like all in on yeah. on on the Valentines because originally the Valentine aspect was not like super part of it um they decided to like fuse it in there to capitalize on the holiday thing really originally the movie was the movie wasn't even called my bloody valentine the the original title for the movie was just the secret wow honestly the addition of the valentine's day stuff i i couldn't see how this movie would <clears throat> function like visually without it because there's so much like decoration and like garland and like set dressing that's yeah, all little, the valentine's paper red everywhere everything's red yeah. and it's and it's a nice like stark contrast to how dark the yeah the, so the the villain you know the miner you know Hen, uh, harry warden he he's he's a, in a gas mask in a mining helmet and like a full black like you know, uh, it's all black with steel trim. Yeah, that's he, it. He he looks just dark and like brutal and like you know. And then you had just all these bubbly hearts everywhere, bright red, which you know you get with the, with the blood. But also, it's just like it, everything just comes together nice and visual, like it, thematically. It really works. One thing that really sets this movie apart from its, uh, you know, requel, we'll call it later on. It's just is a that remake. It's, it's not even a requel. <laughs> it's just so much more like artistically and visually like pleasing to look at. Like they do such a good job using like the decorations and the colors to really like build depth within it. Like almost every shot, your eye has like so much fun stuff to pour over. Whether it's like you know kooky decorations or like really good color contrast, the. the this movie really benefits from its ability to go, yeah, that part of the scene is just black. There's just like a stark black, you know, I, whether it be a shadow or a tunnel or the minor. The the remake is lit like a soap opera. And this movie <laughs> is lit like a comic book. Like they really use the power of that black in such a perfect way. Yeah, there's like a there's one really good shot where somebody is like waiting for like the mine shaft elevator to come down and he's like framed by like all black on both sides and he's almost silhouetted but then like the light from above is like shining down and it the water's dripping. It lo- it's just like so good and it's not the kind of like thought out you, you just don't get it in, in not, and not not just the remake. In modern movies in general a lot, yeah. of, especially like 
modern horror movies from like the aughts and the early teens just don't have that thought put into it a lot of the time no. you know and you really notice it uh but but it's what makes this the original so special it's really it's really cool there's um there's two transitions where they go from like one day to the next where they show you different shots of the like mine and the like all of the equipment and stuff uh like at a distance and all of it is perfectly black silhouetted against this gorgeous sunset and it's just like uh, it's just oozing with style this movie <laughs> yeah and you know what and let's not beat around the bush you're watching a horror movie to see the kills right and the kills in this movie are awesome like so good and they hold up amazingly well again you got mabel right she gets pickaxe to fuck uh and then <laughs> and then harry warden sticks her in the in the dryer for of the, one of the dryers of the laundromat she owns and they there's her body's discovered the next day just fucking tumbling around it's got a big like bloody handprint on it that like nobody has noticed until like right now and they're like oh shit but they open it up and it's such a jump scare because her like body comes like her the top of her torso comes flopping out and she's all like melted and steamy and oh. it's just this practical you know like top of a, of a corpse you know that looks it looks so good. It has no business looking as real as it does. It looks yeah. amazing. Then there's like the there's the the shower death um, where what, what did I say her name was. Um, <laughs> fucking Sylvia. She gets like um she she's getting chased around the she's supposed to be fucking her boyfriend and he goes off to pee, I guess, before they, they fuck and she starts getting like chased around and all like there's all these um like ropes with like weight bags like attached to them that are like getting dropped down and like minor coats are falling and she's get she's like ah, 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 ooh, ah. like it's, it's actually really <laughs> funny. Uh but then she gets chased into like a uh uh, the the shower room uh, and the 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 miner like picks her up and like spikes her head on a like on a pipe where the like the water would come out like through the back of her head so that the next time you see her body it's like hanging there and water is just spraying out of her mouth like one of those spitting fish fountains you know it's so brutal and it's funny it's uh, it's telegraphed like kind of early on where like. All of the uh, all of the guys get out of work like almost in the first scene, right? And they they go to the uh, the union hall where like the dance is gonna be, and that that dude's boyfriend walks in and picks her up by her head and kisses her in like a <laughs> Herculean like feat of strength. He just picks her up and smooches her. Oh yeah! And then to have her killed in the same way later on. Where, uh, like, Harry picks her up and spikes her on there. I was just like, oh, what a good <gasps> callback. Fuck. Uh, really good. And, and, I mean, it just keeps going like that. I mean, all, every kill in the movie, I think the maybe the lamest kill might be, uh, Hollis's, uh, girl, Patty. Yeah. You know, Patty. Patty's a funny character. I really like her. Um, she just wants to get Dick down, which is like, you know, go for, good for you. Go good for, for you. it. Get Hollis. Get that it's mustache Valentine's down in there. <laughs> but, the, but by the end of the movie, she is like bo more than useless. She's like, oh. getting, they have to drag her around. She, every time she sees a corpse, she has the same reaction. It's like, all right, you've seen like eight tonight. You gotta calm down. Yeah. She's on a perpetual meltdown. <laughs> You know, uh, there, there's even a scene where they, like, they have to, they decide they're going to climb, the, because the power for the elevators is off, 
conveniently, uh, and they have to climb. They decide the only way to get out of this is to climb up the ladder that goes straight up to the surface. And she gets about halfway up, and then is like, nope, I'm not going any further. And it's like, lady, we're already halfway up here. Like, what are you going to do? Stay in the mine? Yeah, now <laughs> is not the time to decide you're done climbing. Yeah, and in fact, there's like another death in the middle of that where they're climbing, and then the one guy, Howard, he's like the, the comic relief. There's like a scene where he's like snorting Coca-Cola earlier, and he's like, <laughs> uh, snorting Coke. And I was like, oh my god, we've all known this guy. That joke still persists to this day. <laughs> and uh, he, he like gets, uh, the miner like pushes him off a ledge, uh, and he's like attached to a rope, and he like falls but then like the momentum keeps going and rips his body from his head and and like scares the shit out of the whole group that's climbing and then they they just decide like well that was too scary let's go back down and i'm like you're already (laughs) halfway up well they can't go up look the killer's up there clearly well he's down there too because the people keep dying down there because they go down off the ladder and then they walk like 10 more feet and right as they're about to like turn a corner the miner just goes ha ha and and just like pickaxes patty right in the gut and, like, that's probably the lamest death, right? Because she just goes, like... She has, like, this long death sigh where she's just like... <laughs> Look, and he's kind of, like, trying to get the pickaxe out. And she's like, no, no. <laughs> it's, like, the longest death rattle. And I'm like, all right, Patty, get out of here. I liked you, but we're done. And that's fine. You know, if that's the they lamest death... They don't all death, have to be right, yeah, right? They're all... They're all otherwise so good and so interesting and like so fun it's nice that there was an even spread of just pickaxe murders and some other creative ones you know he didn't stay like exclusive to the murder weapon of yeah choice. you know he, he had a little fun creative enough yeah and that's what you want out of your slasher right you yeah. want him to be like serious and scary you need an iconic look an iconic weapon but like they don't all always have to use. He's got to like, have a Jason, little fun with like, it. Like you have Jason and his machete, but like he uses all sorts of things. Oh yeah, right? he uses like, a, a like a, a spear gun, like a fishing spear gun. Yeah, he pushes that kid in the wheelchair down the stairs. Yeah, Freddy's Freddy's got his gloves, but he does other stuff to the kids. You know, yeah. um, even uh, um, good old Leatherface. You know, sometimes he whips out the hammer. You know, he's got oh. the hooks. Mm-hmm. It's good to see some creativity from your slasher. Uh, and yeah, so like that's... I, I, I can't really say any bad things about the movie. I just had a really very wonderful, enjoyable time watching it. I had seen it once before, years ago, in a like sci-fi horror movie marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, but like having like this refresher now with like a, a much more analytical like yeah. frame of mind, now that I'm like so... So much more versed in horror movies. Uh, seeing it, I was like, wow, I can't believe how good this movie holds yeah, up. It's I've always awesome. been a big fan of, like, this one. But, like, I never, like you said, like, looking at it with, like, a more critical eye, like, I, it it shot way up my list of favorites. Like, I have a, uh, I have an ongoing top 20 that I edit uh, of just, like, my favorites. Mm-hmm. And this one shot way up there. Just like boop landed right on the list after this one because it is it is just so like perfect in a, in a way that like a lot of these others have a little bit more of a, a blemished complexion. There yeah. you know there are some of the classics that you can rewatch and kind of go like all right well I can see why it wasn't exactly a critical success. Yeah, but like, it's like or this doesn't work here. Yeah. Overall, I still love it, but like you know you you have to be able to admit like oh well that kind of. No, this movie just fucking rips, like, you know, 100 miles an hour, (laughs) 
it's just so good. And I think I was watching the except for the minecart. That thing's going like oh, yeah. My the minecart is going. The minecart. Uh, that was the uh, maybe that's the one thing that minecart like sword fight chase scene. <laughs> that thing could have been going maybe like ten percent faster at the very least. Like, it was like the slowest cart race thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I understand for safety, that's probably how fast it moves, but come on, crank it up for the movies. And the, uh, just to go back to the set design for a second, there's a, uh, there's a scene where they all figure out, like, oh, if the, if the dance is canceled, let's just have the party in the mine. And they're at this towny bar called The Cage, and, like, it just looks like you took my brother... Dr. Uncool, <laughs> distilled him down to a fine liquid and then misted the entire bar with it. Every character looks like they got dressed in his fucking closet. All of the, like, set decoration looks like something that'd be hanging on the wall of his house. It, it's just, like, so, like, character forward. I, I just, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, I re- I really liked it. it, it upon fur- further rewatch, it just got better and better. Uh, yeah, I mean, go watch it. Good movie. Good movie. Great movie. Excellent movie. <laughs> really s- stands the test of time. Um, but then that brings us to 2009. Now, we had a really good start to our Valentines with this beautiful, lovely, bountiful movie. <laughs> and now here's the part of the night where our date got us like a really terrible off-brand gift that they thought of at the last <laughs> second because they're bad gift givers. Yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, I, I do think this movie mostly doesn't work. Um, but, I, you know, what? there's it, there's little like flecks of charm here and there. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the worst thing ever, but if, if you're expecting like a high quality like homage to this like classic that turns out is like really really good and like holds up super well you're not gonna get it with 2009's remake no 2009's Um, remake is i mean let's put the 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 let's put it out there forward it's 2009 yeah it's starring that guy from... It's starring Jensen Ackles of Supernatural fame. So I'm about to alienate all the Supernatural heads in here <laughs> because I think that guy is one of the worst actors <gasps> ever. That guy oh is so God. bad in this role. Dems fighting words. He's bad And the movie's role. 3D. It's yeah. a 3D 2009 movie. So you know, I'd say two-thirds of the shots has some goofy-ass thing flying at the screen for you. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff flying at the screen. One thing I will say that it has going for it is that it was filmed in the modern 3D style. This, this movie came out the same year as Avatar. Get the whole... <laughs> no... F- this, they both came out in 2009. Two... Are you sure? Yeah. I, I'm speechless. I can't, and I'm not even like a big Avatar guy. Like I could give a fuck about the blue people, but that is a mind blowing truth and reality that I don't know how to reconcile. Yeah, yeah. Because Avatar came out in 2009. Uh, so did this movie. Even, even to the 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 Avatar haters, like you have to admit, like that's a, a feast for the eye in that movie. <laughs> and this movie is like a slop of poop for the eye. Yeah, it, this movie's very... It's, Shit from it, a butt. It's crazy because it's very, like, 
brown and gray, but it's also blue because it's from the blue era of yes. the blue-green era. It has both bad filters both on it. terrible loss filters. At different yeah. times. Um, yeah, so, it, so you will have to deal and contend with a just uncountable amount of shit flying at the screen to, to show you depth. Did you remember? It's 3D. And <laughs> Oh, hey, remember 3D? Which, you know, it, it doesn't... It just... In retrospect, they should have thought about how that won't hold up it when people... Upon rewatch, when people are just at home. There's no way they had that kind of... For- they were like, let's put the butts in the seats. You know what? I bet it was... I bet this movie was a lot more fun in the environment it was intended to be seen. There's once with a bunch of people, you got popcorn, you want the glasses on, shit's flying at you, haha, good time. But then you watch it, you watch it 20 years later and you're like, man, this I is annoying. I wish you could have seen your face when you said, haha, good time. Uh-huh, because good it time. looked like you had no soul. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> good time. But yeah, so it's, it's a bit rougher. Um, so again, this game, this new one, the remake, came out in 2009. Uh, this one <laughs> significantly higher uh, budget. That's unfortunate. Didn't help. Uh, estimated fifteen million dollar budget, but uh, worldwide made a hundred and one million dollars. So made significantly That's more crazy. money than the, <laughs> than the original. Damn. Uh, too much. That movie made too much money. <laughs> like we said, it was starring uh, starring Jensen Ackles. <laughs> Of supernatural fame, which is really funny because in the same year, again, 2009, the the Friday the 13th remake came out starring Jared Padalecki, the other supernatural brother. And I will they, say... They were both in remakes. I think Jared Padalecki would fucking act circles around this <laughs> other dude. Listen, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna anger the supernatural fans. I like this supernatural show, so I'm just gonna let it... Leave it at that. But I will say the Friday the 13th remake is actually pretty good and the oh this yeah one is, oh yeah so he came out on top in the uh the the classic remake game honestly now that i think about it maybe why i don't like him so much in this lead role is that he doesn't have the other supernatural the other brother tell they me they to be with be, each other <laughs> yeah they would make the perfect tj and axel Honestly, yes. <laughs> what, what a missed opportunity that was but they need the they they, they look too similar when they're like they, because the, the, in your brain they're brothers, you know, even though they're not related. Oh, no, <laughs> but the, in this they would look that you would it would look too much like they were the brothers, you know. Uh, so it just I think it wouldn't work. But yeah, so I don't have like a big breakdown uh, written for this one because I didn't think it deserved the energy that it would have had to put into it. Um, also, there's like it, we can talk mostly just about like the where it diverges because it's like they try to. Just make a modernized version of the yeah. movie. But the problem is that it took all of like the wrong lessons of how to make like a horror movie or a slasher. So the, all the the good stuff that we said about the cast of the the first one, this one just went the complete opposite direction. Everybody feels super hollow. The whole movie feels really cold. Uh, the, the characters just don't have any motivations that make any sense at all, and nobody's likable. No. It's just all it's 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 really rough. So basically, you know, the 
the movie's set in a different town. It's not set in, in Valentine Bluffs anymore. Also, it's not in Canada. This movie was filmed in Pennsylvania, mostly outside of Pittsburgh. I don't know where it's supposed to take place. Awful. I hate the Canadian eraser. Yeah, I do too. Do we know where the movie was supposed to be set? Was it just Pennsylvania? Some it's, mining it's town. It's supposed of Pennsylvania? to be Valentine's Bluff. It's Pennsylvania. No, it, has a, it has a different name. It has a different name. It does. It's not Valentine Bluffs. Oh my god! Um, but it is the Hanager Mine. They kept that name. Um, also, they kept the name of the two lead men. We have Axel and not TJ because that's too childish. So his name is Thomas. It's Tom in the movie. But I bet you if we dove into what the middle name of that character is, it would start with a J. James. <laughs> um, but the what they do in this movie, uh, it follows you know the, a similar thread. So there's there's a, an accident in the mine. There's a guy, he had to eat all of his co-workers. He went crazy. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to come back on... I'll have my revenge! He, he doesn't, like... There, there's no... The whole Valentine's party subplot thing, that's not in this movie. In fact, this movie makes almost... Aside from, like, one scene that's in a grocery store or a convenience store that has hearts up decorated, there is zero mention of the holiday. Boo. There's like, there The only mention that's, like, direct is that there's, like, a calendar shot that shows that it's February... What is it? 14th is Valentine's? Yes. Yeah, 14th. <laughs> but it, it, one, one funny little Easter egg is that it yeah, on the calendar, it says that it's Saturday, February 14th, meaning that Friday the 13th took place right before the start of this movie. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. And that's as cute as it gets for Why, this movie. They spent all their brain power on a calendar? Yeah, uh, yeah. On, Those on sons a, of bitches. On an Easter egg that you have to like pause frame by frame to, to fucking notice. God damn it. Um, but yeah, so the whole Valentine's Day shtick is basically, like, void in this movie. It really has no place. Whereas in the first one, it really is, like, feels integral. Like, you're in yeah. a, the town's it called Valentine's necessary. Bluff. It's based around a Valentine's party. The killer hates Valentine's Day. That's the whole, that's the holiday shtick of it. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it's just, like, he's a miner with a pickaxe. He's killing people. And Valentine's Day is in the title. And that's it. Um... The, so, but there still is a love triangle in this movie. So you have, um, let me find out what the name of our main character in this one is. Because it's not Sarah, as far as I know. Um, oh no, it is. It is. Sarah Palmer. So, so we still keep, so Sarah, Axel, TJ are still the main characters. Except this time, uh, Axel is the one who, uh, who... Axel is the, like, stay-in-town boyfriend. Yeah, same as the other one. But they're married now in this one. Yes, it's a little bit more, like, uh, sped up into the the future Yeah, so Jensen Ackles plays TJ. He... There's a slight twist because, like, the... So, um... Uh... Harry Warden came back, killed a bunch of people in the mine, and was shot to death right before he killed um tj tj yeah you know so he's like you know he 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 had to leave town because he was like so traumatized by the event uh and so he left right now he's come back but it's like 10 years later and uh the prodigal son returns yes of course we have the prodigal son um and sarah has moved on she started dating axel but now they're married and they have a kid 
But, like, the, in the first movie, Axel was, you know, you could tell he was kind of the guy that got settled for. But, like, you kind of, even though it turns out he's the villain, they do a good job of, like, he feel, like, you want, you root for him. You're like, ah, oh, like, it's not his fault. Like, he, he didn't do anything yeah. wrong. Yeah. Turns out he did a lot of stuff wrong. But, like, you know. But they make him, like, emotionally tangible. I feel like both of the versions of these guys in this movie <laughs> are, like, either so aloof that you're like, what the fuck is this guy go like what is he doing or he's so full of himself that you're like fuck this dude well that's the thing so axel was likable in the first movie they so was tj he was he was kind of douchey but but he gets like more likable as the movie goes on in this movie like axel is so do we just like say what the twist is yeah so in this movie the twist is that this time, uh, TJ, the guy who comes back, the prodigal son returning, he actually is the killer. Because in the first movie, they try really hard to make you think, like, oh, TJ, what's he been doing all this time? Yeah. The killing starts the second he comes back. This is weird. His dad owns the mine? Yeah. Um, but then turns out it's the, the safe guy. You're like, oh, shit, what a surprise. In this one, they... Because I guess that's the only option, right? It's, it's either, like, do the same twist, and then it's not a surprise, and then people are going to go, ooh, why'd they do the same thing? Yeah. So in this one, I guess they're natu- they went with the first naturally occurring thought, which was, oh, let's make the other guy the bad guy. Yeah. Which is, like, maybe we could have thought a little harder on it. Yeah. Um, maybe just make it actually Howard uh, or Harry Warden. And that'd be cool as fuck if just Harry Warden was just like, I, I did I'm come back. back. I'm back for my revenge. Yeah, because they do a whole thing where they look, they go to look for his body where it was supposed to be buried and then they dig it up and there's nothing there. Um, and so just make him, make, make it him. Maybe he's a Jason type. He's, he's undead or something. Yeah. It could be, like, that would be interesting. In this one now, it just turns out it's the opposite of the guy from the last movie. Uh, except that... <laughs> Except the Jensen Ackles character, so TJ in this one is like, this one he's actually like having like a split personality thing. Like he, at the end of the movie when the big reveal happens, even he didn't know he was the killer. No, he's having like, like a schizophrenic episode. Like apparently. Axel has to, Axel has to like tell him like like that he's the killer, and then like there's a scene where you see the killer, like the the miner in the big suit, and he's like. You know, he's behind Axel and Sarah, and, and TJ's like, Sarah, he's right here. Shoot him with the gun that you have. Like, you have to, ki- the killer's here. And then nobody, everyone's looking around, like, I don't see him. And then, like, the killer walks right up to TJ and then does, like, a really cheesy, like, ghost dissolve where he goes, boo, like, and fades out of existence. And then you get this flashback scene where we show all the things in the movie that like where, where now it's tj doing it instead of like the instead of the minor and you're like i can't believe we're i gotta this. highlight one one part of that that fucking made me want to throw up everything <laughs> inside of me where tj actually does find the burial site of harry warden yeah and he digs up his mask and immediately takes it off of his buried corpse face and puts it on his own face, and I wanted to fucking die. I, the, uh, uh, terrible. It would, be, it would smell so bad. Inside it would kill that you. Mask. The smell would fucking put you on your ass immediately. And imagine just getting in there and huffing it. Ooh. And wait, now that I mentioned it, it jogged my memory. The the sound design on the first movie. Light years ahead. Agreed. Because you have all of these great like moments with the uh with the miner 
where like you can hear the heavy breathing almost like jason or like uh michael like behind the mask (laughs) yeah and it creates like the labored breathing creates such like an added tension and a tempo to like each one of the kill scenes that you just don't get in the new one at all there's like no thought as to like how they can apply it and make it part of the scene it's just like yeah in the mask it sucks it sucks um yeah and but again to go back to like the reason why i like so many of the characters in this are unlikable is so that that the the character that you you are he's basically the main character because in the original movie there's no real main character like i guess sarah is but you get a lot of time with tj and a lot of time with axel and you got a lot of time with hollis and everybody yeah this one is really mostly TJ's movie. Like J- yeah. it's Jensen Ackles' movie. Yeah. They paid the supernatural bucks for him for this one, and they, this movie he's the main character. Sarah's like a secondary main character, and uh, and Axel is like a tertiary character. He's important, but not really. He's just there to like maybe throw. You, see, the, the, he's the, just there to subvert. He's supposed to be. He's a, he's a red herring because they're yeah. trying to like play on your your preconceived notions of what happened in the first, the original movie. If you know, um, but they tr- they lean into it so hard. They have this like a fair plot where at the very beginning of the like movie, right when TJ comes back to town, and you realize that Sarah is married to to Axel. There's there's this whole sequence where you find out that Axel is sleeping with Sarah's employee at the store that she owns. Nonsense. And, and that now this girl, there, so Axel and this girl, who's played by the chick from The Blacklist, which I thought was really funny because she's like <laughs> so much younger in at this point. Um, but you, she's like, oh, I love you and I'm pregnant. We're going to have a baby. And I'm, I'm like, ugh, this guy's so gross. Like you're supposed to hate him because maybe he's the killer and they want you to like – not trust him and they want you to trust the main character and then oh what a twist it'll be but it just makes you like they try to do this redemption arc in the last two seconds of the movie for axel and i'm like no just because his baby mama was murdered doesn't get him out of this no he's still a piece of shit he's still a piece of shit i don't like him like and then the 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 baby mama chick like she's like not really that likable either she's so stupid like she spends she has a huge scene in the movie where her and sarah being chased through like the the store by by you know the the minor and she is just like you know the insufferable kind of screaming and useless that like uh characters can be in horror movies yeah. where you're like yeah. oh my god just get me just kill her just like get, i'm yeah, over it yeah. i don't even care if she's with child <laughs> just take them both <laughs> get them out of the movie <laughs> and yeah and there's like another scene really a, a there is an a, like egregiously long and drawn out scene where um is where one like the town prostitute is uh it starts with her like with a sex scene with her and this rando guy in a, oh, like in a, oh uncomfortably raunchy sex yeah scene. It, it it's it's extremely raunchy it's in this like seedy motel that like that t- our main character tj is staying at because he's come home his father's dead he's selling the rights to the mine and everyone there's also that subplot where like all these old men in town are just really mad that he's selling the mine oh what's it gonna do to the town i'm like i don't care about that stuff like i don't need to know what like this 80 year old millionaire's like feelings are hurt about the mind being sold like why do i care um but yeah so tj stand at this place and like as he's walking in we cut to like we get we go through the window into this room where we watch this sex scene that's like so long and drawn out 
and, and like the it's like the the guy is this trucker and he's just like fucking this girl and she's like topless but just heels on and then he like leave tries to leave with and like be, and tries to like pay her and she's like i'm not a prostitute and then he goes out to his truck, and then he gets killed, right? Like, right mm-hmm. as uh, he opens his truck door, and it's like a pickaxe right in the head. Um, and then she spends, like, another 20 minutes. It's, she's naked for, like, three hours in this movie. I, I think and it's she's just naked run- for a full 15 minutes of screen time. As, as, the, as the miner, like, chases her around, she, like, goes, hides under a bed. He, like, flips the bed over, and then she, like, scurries out. And then, like, she ends up, like, behind the bed frame that's now on the ceiling, or on the, on on the, the wall. wall. And he's, like trying to pickaxe her but he keeps missing even though she's stationary and it's just so we can <laughs> even though we so we, it's just to see her boobs flopping around and and don't get us wrong we're no fucking prudes yeah we're not prudes listen but, to every other episode we're like boobs woo this yeah. sucks yeah. this is not fun or it was cool fun or artsy. it was it fun sucks. at first but then the scene just kept going and you know what the most egregious part of it all is that scene we agree is completely irrelevant and not necessary but do you know who the bald guy mm-hmm. getting fucked in that movie is? Yep. The writer. Yep. <laughs> the writer of the movie wrote in his own e- elaborate sex scene. <laughs> this is the same man who brought us uh, Jason X. Is the same writer from Jason X wrote this movie and wrote himself a little convenient. And Drive Angry, if you've ever seen that Nicolas Cage movie. Oh my god. He wrote. He basically wrote a Ghost Rider movie. And then Nicholas Cage was like, well, I'm not doing those anymore. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, well, you want to just do this and we'll just take the fire off? <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what that movie is. Um, also, I watched an interview with him. Uh, his name is uh, Todd Farmer. I watched an interview with him and he was playing up. It was like a red carpet interview for like the premiere, I think. And yeah. he was playing up the 3D of this movie so hard. He's like, it's not your old 3D. It's not just red and blue lenses. He's like, this is... You are in the world of this movie. He goes, that's what's so scary about it. It's not It's not like, oh, cheesy stuff flying at you. The killer could be in the room with you. And I'm like, dude, you no. are fucking going crazy. You are overselling that you're writing a check that nobody can cash for this Yeah, movie. let me tell you, he is not. <laughs> he cannot be in the room with you. That is the goofiest fucking thing I ever heard. Yeah, I, I was like, man, he, he he did a good job hyping up the 3D, but it does not pay off in this movie. No. It doesn't even pay off in Avatar. Like, it's not <laughs> that good. I still can't believe that's the same year. You're 100% on that? I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's oh, the same year these two God. movies came out. But oh. you know that well they and then the 3D movies got better immediately after because this this Avatar was the unveiling of Cameron's like yeah. patented 3D like technique. Yeah. So this was like this movie was sort of like in in between of you know old 3D and then the more modern stuff which is also is now stepping stones. Do yeah. movies even do that anymore? 3D? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it was there was a craze where every movie was in 3D and I always saw all the 3D movies and then like n- everyone stopped talking about it and stopped going to them. A lot of it's more of that like real D now where it's not like as hokey. It's not as like, here's a thing coming for well, you. Well, that is, you know, the one thing I will say about this movie is they 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 filmed this whole movie actually in 3D. They didn't do the like post-processing like, okay. oh, it wasn't filmed in 3D, but we're just going to make it look weird now stretch it out out. yeah so they they had it in place you know and they used like all of the 
the tools and assets to make it like look as good as they could. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give them an A for effort. You know, but it, they didn't just do the shitty, just slap 3D on it at the last two seconds. You know, I just feel like it does. I feel like 3D doesn't work in a slasher movie. I, I feel like the I mean, entire you know, like point of especially Harry Warden is like he's a big fucking scary hulking dude, and like your fear <laughs> should come from that. It shouldn't come from like oh he threw pickaxe a pickaxe and now it almost hit me in the eyeball. Yeah, it's you know it's a little cheesy, but it, but it does harken back to like some. I mean, it, all of our favorite franchises have had their 3D yeah they've movie, had their opportunity, you know. So it, it, they they use a lot of the tropes from those. I mean, like the <laughs> I'll always remember when I saw Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, it was the third one, right? It was the three D one. Yes, or one of them was. Um, and I'll always remember the like 3D weed where like there's the, there's like stoners in the back of a van and they're like hey man want some and he like holds and the, the joint, joint goes up, <laughs> like right comes through the screen man <laughs> so they always you know 3D movies always had that cheesy shtick to it um I don't think it really detracts from the kills too much in this movie there are some good creative ones the problem is there is a huge reliance on CG uh, yeah, blood, blood and CG yeah. gore. In fact, there's like a cool, w- would have been a cool kill early on where um, Harry Warden takes a shovel and he like gets a girl and he like puts a shovel in her mouth and then like rams her like so that she backs up against a uh, like wooden pole and then just smashes the shovel in and like cuts her head off from like mouth up. Great kill. Uh, and then the like head sort of like slides down the shovel a little bit, but it looks so fake and yeah. bad. Like there's fake bad blood. The head does not look like it's on any physical surface at all. And it's a shame because apparently the the makeup effect designer for this movie built like from scratch like a top severed head that looked really cool and like would have looked way better but instead they're like meh and i'm like but the guy already did it you paid him so much money to make right the labor's done just use it (laughs) use the prop it's gonna be better and there's a lot of other ones there like the when the writer of the movie gets spiked in the head it's like a really cgi looking like head spike um yeah it's just it's just rough overall but i will say uh Harry himself, the miner himself, does look very large and scary. He looks big and scary. Yeah. He's, he he they did that well. Um, and he's like, he does have some good kills, just none as memorable as the first one. And, and in fact, they do ape. They they do the the laundry machine, the dryer. Yeah, except not as good. Nope, it's not as effective. It doesn't look as real. Um, and also, the the woman who <laughs> do you, you like pick up on this? The woman who gets. The, the dryer killing this is Sarah and Axel's maid. Aren't they in like a... What? Yeah, it's their housekeeper. They have a, they just have a housekeeper. And, but yet they're, but they're, they're all, this whole town is on the brink of collapse. Fin- financial ruin. Everybody is about to be in. But these two, th- this woman who works at the grocery store and, and the, the sheriff's deputy can afford a housekeeper. That's so weird. Not today, man. 2009, no, maybe. No. But 2009 was right after the recession, right? So, yeah, yeah. But I guess, no, it's Pennsylvania. No, it's not even Pen- Canada. No, it's just Pennsylvania. So it's all, it's all fucking out of whack in that movie. Out of touch. 
they don't know what's they don't know what what a town on financial ruin is like. I just and again, I feel like this is missing that like artistic polish that the first one got. Like the sound design in the first is so good when you're deep in the mines and it's dark and it's black, you hear the especially because we watched it in surround sound at our place. Like the like the sound of the, the emptiness the of the mind. mind it makes my skin crawl <laughs> and it might be like an inborn like lizard brain well, thing claustrophobia like, thing for you there's a reason my family left west virginia and left the mines yeah it's a scary place <laughs> two thousand feet into the earth is fucking scary it, it well you know what i, I that i'll piggyback on that about you know and i'll hop onto the set design the first movie was very location light. Like there was the laundromat, there was that bar, and then there was the mine, right? And a couple, a couple transition spaces within town. But but most of the movie took place. The the chunk of the movie that was the most important takes place like either in this one bar or in the mine. Yeah. This movie very little time spent in the mine. Yeah. Like only until is it until like the very tail end of the movie when just Sarah and uh, uh, Axel like drive to the mine uh they and they get chased around by by tj is the like that's the only time we spend in there and also the it, it was once again a real mine that they they shot in um and uh, as far as i know they didn't clean it beforehand you know but uh it, it just doesn't feel like i know it's a real mine but it doesn't feel like one because you know what? In the in the first one, we get to see how the mine functions. Right off the bat, we see all the guys finishing I'm... up for the day. They're leaving. You get to see them all ride out on the cart. And then later on, when they take the girls down into the mine, you get to see like, hey, yeah, this is where we go down the elevator. And then we take this like that cool mine little cart. break room. Yeah. With, with, where they hauled, they clearly just like dug out a hole in the wall and then put a couch and a table in it. Yeah. <laughs> it, like you get to see how it operates and how it functions. It feels like a lived-in world. Yeah. This just feels like... Yeah. Yeah. movie world it feels like a movie, set yeah. it feels like a set with movie characters whereas yeah. the first one felt like a lived in world with living characters everything just feels manufactured in this yeah and there like i said there's some highlights and watching interviews and listening to the to the cast and and the crew talk about it it does seem like they all had a really good time and, and they all liked the subject matter they were working on and they they liked the original movie you know i think it's just a case of like it, they just made it in the wrong decade yeah it just too much bad influence if they had if they if they, they were making it now with like this sort of like more reverence for horror movies that that directors are allowed to show yeah back then it was just like no make us money schlock it up yeah the studio is like they're like here's our input follow it to the t make us money yeah and now like sometimes if you get involved with like a 824 atomic monster neon you can kind of like you know get more of your the vision and appreciation for horror out on on the film yeah so i just think it was it's just bad luck, you know. They made the movie at the wrong wrong point in time. We could have probably gotten a more artsy, satisfying one. I, and we I, still could, right? I, I mean, honestly, I I see they could do it again. I I see in the future maybe, but like it is such like a weird like niche setting. Like I just don't think unless like the the outcry for specifically this franchise there i just don't see them being like yeah let's make a movie about fossil fuels again like let's make a movie about mines 
Yeah, I think you will. You you do run the risk uh, if if they announce like another one. You you run the risk of it being like an environmental message movie, no, no. which would be no good. No good. No good. No good. Just let it be. Coal miners but, getting attacked by a guy with a pickaxe. I mean, like like we said, like the the original still holds up so good that I really just you don't, don't one, see. Yeah. I don't see any like necessity or like outcry to be like yes this deserves to be remade the right way it's like you did it wrong the first time let's just we got one good one let's keep it there yeah i I just think it's a it's just a matter of time before eventually some studio is gonna be like we need we we need something to put on the slate for february let's just get you know what's like a famous you know horror movies always make money what's a famous valentine's day horror movie my bloody valentine get the rights make a movie it's a it's only a matter of time before somebody some fat cat says it and then it'll happen i think i think like the predictions i made earlier this year i think this year is going to be the death of the requel i think i don't think we're going to see many requels for a while after this year i just i just don't see I feel like I we've had the too many commercial Scream, flops. You know? Yeah, too. Scream falling apart, uh, the uh, Exorcist movie tanking, uh, the negative the negative reception of the last Halloween movie. I just don't see them being like, yeah, you know what? We need to per- push forward and make a really nice, another good remake. Yeah, I'm curious to see what, what the, the next like big trend mm-hmm. will be. Because I think you're right. Yeah, you know, there there has been enough negative publicity for the requel uh, lately that I think we might be <laughs> escaping it. But that just might mean they'll just do a like shot for shot remake kind of deal, you know, instead of trying to be meta about it. Yeah, we might go back to just those. Could be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll still watch it if they do. They do another one. I think we're obligated. To. Yeah. What's with how much I liked the first one, and I I, I didn't hate the 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 mm-hmm. remake there, I, there there's some things that i enjoyed overall i i don't think it's necessary to watch i think you can skip it mm-hmm. definitely watch the you know first one but hey if you've got like time and you just want to like watch you see the first one you love it and you want to see how could they possibly fuck this up you know <laughs> you'd be <laughs> surprised surprise. you'd be surprised what they do in this this, this sequel or this remake um, but yeah, but overall, I, I had a wonderful time re-engaging with the, with the uh, franchise that is My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, me too. Like I said at the beginning, it, it really found a place in my heart, and I shot it way up into my top 20 favorites, which I still think I only have 17 uh, officially on that list, but it's, really? a, it's a living list. Yeah, Things it's move. constantly edited anyway. Yeah. And you know where you could find that list? On our letterbox. <laughs> oh, but, oh, but you know what? I forgot to, to mention. So in the remake, one of the the shining lights in it is Tom Atkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays the, the sheriff. The mustache himself. He plays the sheriff. You know, obviously, you know, if you're a fan of horror, you know Tom Atkins. He plays the main character in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which is one of the best Halloween movies very little watched or talked about. Everyone in, just in turned pop. off the podcast. No, come everyone, on. everyone just Halloween turned off the Halloween three rules. He also was in the fog and Night of the Creeps. Uh, he's just he he's uh, character horror. extra extraordinaire. He's horror royalty. Yeah. Um, and I did. I also at the same red carpet uh, interview. They were interviewing everybody. I listened to everybody's 
everybody talked about the movie. Um, Tom Atkins was like the funniest one because he's like he he was getting up there at the time and he and he's he's like so sweet and cute. Like he they he was talking about that I think he got asked you know um, what his like inspirations for you know if he liked horror movies he's always in he's in so many and he was like oh yeah I I love horror movies they're just there's some something about them that just really speaks to me he's like and you know what I always drew inspiration um, from Vincent Price <laughs> he loves he's like I always hoped that I could have a career in horror movies like he did he just always seemed. Like, he enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> he was like... And then he just kind of trails off and he goes, I met him one time at a at a pastry shop. And and, <laughs> and then, you know, we, we, went, we went outside. I said hello and I said I loved all of his work. And then he met me outside and he said, no, well, I love your work. And he just like trails off about Vincent Price. Like, it's like... <laughs> it, he just leaves the interview and starts telling this cute old man story about this time he met Vincent Price at a pastry shop. <laughs> And you can tell the person with the mic is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, all right. Okay. Where's Jensen Ackles? I gotta go yeah, fuck it's like, time. fuck, where's the supernatural kid? <laughs> it was it was just so, like, it was so charming and just, like, adorable. I was like, oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta give um, Tom Atkins a shout-out. Like, That's it was, just, so it was just very funny. funny. That was probably my highlight of my experience with the, with the remake was <laughs> watching how just, like, how sincere Tom Atkins was about being just in the fangirling movie. about Vincent it. Price for a few minutes on and the he, red carpet. Yeah, he had a good time at the you know he had a good time on set of Bloody Valentine and that's good enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, I hope everyone's having a good uh, month of romance. Uh, hope and, everyone and, got laid. Yeah, I hope everyone got laid. I hope everybody <laughs> finds love. In some form. In any form. Any form you can find love, it, you know, that's, that's you know all what? that really matters. I said that, uh, I retract that. Reasonable forms of love. I, I hope, Reasonable. We hope that you <laughs> find love in any form, asterisk. <laughs> and then the Reasonable terms of service will be at the bottom. Normal, consensual. <laughs> um, but you know what? It, you, know, you could also show us love by... Going to the description of the podcast episode, you can find our Discord link. Join our Discord. We update all week long uh, news about horror movies coming out, uh, everything about the industry, horror video games, books, comics. We talk about it all. It's a fun community. Uh, it's growing. Uh, we like to just hang out, and it's, we don't even have to just talk about that. You can. There's so many yeah. different things to you can come talk to us about anything you want. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, also. In the description is going to be the link to our Twitch. We stream every Monday and Friday. Uh, I also throw in some daytime streams when I can here and there. We play horror video games. We play games as a group with our friends. Uh, it's like a cool just hangout time. Get to vibe. And you can come there and chat with us about horror stuff too. Yeah. You know, we're, we're very accessible hosts. You can come and chat with us. And if you love us, come do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah, did I, I? I hit the I hit the Discord. You did I hit so the good. Twitch. Is there is there any other social media? Maybe the yeah, social media. Find us, the Devil's Cut Pod. You know, uh, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Twitter, and and no Facebook because that's for old people. That's for that's for Tom Atkins. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look forward to our next episode. Have a good February. Creep it real, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>